Welcome to the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. To learn more about Salem Alliance, including house churches, gathering times, and other resources, visit us online at salemalliance.org. Today's talk is given by Steve Fowler. Happy New Year to you. It is 2022. Um, I have a feeling that we tried really hard in 2021 to get 2020 behind us. Uh, so let's try it again. Uh, not, not that all uh, the 2021 was all that bad, but uh, Happy New Year to you. Hope you had great holidays, great Christmas, and uh, it's just really hard to believe that here we are again, off to another year uh, together. But uh, again, God is indeed with us. You know, there are some things in life that you just don't have to provide much explanation for. Um, topics that we could talk about that y- you just you just know what you're talking about. I could be talking about a house. I could talk about a tree. I could talk about dogs. And yes, there are varieties of houses and trees and dogs and all that. But if we're having a conversation and I mention a tree, you, you, you know what a tree is. And yet on the other side of, of the conversation, I could talk about some things that you would have no clue that what I was talking about. I could... I would have to show you pictures so that you would understand exactly what I'm trying to convey to you. Um, For example, um, anyone here know what a fur zapper is? Yeah, it's like, that's not a common thing. Here's a picture. Um, It kind of looks like an emoji uh, with four eyes, a very sad emoji. It's not an emoji. Actually, you ever see one of those people who has a coat on that just looks like they have animal hair all over it? Uh, you, ever, you ever seen someone like that? This would be the perfect Christmas gift to give them in 2022. Because you put this in your washer, you put this in your dryer, and it's like a magnet to metal. It sucks all the animal hair to this thing. It's a silicone-based product, and uh, it collects animal hair as you do the wash. It's, it's called a fur zapper. Uh, nice little information for this next year. Uh, here, here's something else. Here's a picture. I don't know if you know what these are. They, they kind of look like an upgrade to brass knuckles, don't they? Um, but actually, these are called mammoth grips. Next picture will show you that these are used, actually, if you live in an apartment building um, and you want to carry your groceries home, you want to carry more than one bag, I guess they're pretty handy. I was talking to Basham. He's used them before. And um, yeah, you, you, a picture is very helpful in this situation. Here's another picture for you. Anyone know what this is? It's got a little fin on the back and a round edge on the front. This is called a sofa stud, okay? Very handy. You take that fin, here's the next picture. You take that fin, you stick it between the cushions in your couch, and then you can put your your drink in the cup that's at the top there, and you can watch your game, you can watch your show, and um, I'm guessing you probably still need a lid because you wouldn't want to get that spilled on your couch. It's it's a sofa stud. Fur zappers and mammoth grips, uh, grips and sofa studs. It needs some explanation. Pictures help. And can we just say that people like me, pastors, we, we, we make this mistake often. We talk about concepts, we talk about things in the Bible, and we assume that everyone knows what we're talking about. We, 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 there's some things that we, we, we that are, that are just kind of self-explanatory, but there are things that we talk about that, frankly, you kind of scratch your head and go, I, I think I know what they're talking about. And one of those concepts is the concept of the kingdom of God. 
The kingdom of God. This is something that Jesus spent most of his time preaching about. This is something that's it's super important. Um, we, 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 we just read the, the Lord's Prayer together, and we recited this part of the Lord's Prayer that we say, your kingdom come, your will be done. What does that look like? What does it, what's it mean to have God's kingdom come? I think we get our heads around his will be done. What, what is the kingdom of God? If, if we ask you that question, I think we get a variety of answers. And what's it look like when the kingdom of God comes? It's a pretty important question because Jesus spent most of his time talking about the kingdom of God. He told, the, he told these earthy stories, parables, Matthew chapter 13, quite a few of these parables. We're going to look at them in February and March and spend some time in, in looking at this um, because it's, it's important because Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, after telling us to let go of anxiety about what we wear and what we eat and what we drink, he says, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. It seems like the kingdom of God is to be of utmost priority, more important than our jobs, more important than relationships, more important than the cares of this world. In fact, if we're to focus on the kingdom of God and seek his righteousness, the stuff we might worry about, Jesus is saying, will be, will be given to us. So we need clarity on what the kingdom of God is. Uh, one author, his name is Scott McKnight, defines the kingdom of God. He says, the kingdom of God is the society in which God's will is done. Great. Solve the problem. Series is done. Right? Well, we need a little more information here because we're in this series. We're beginning a new series called Kingdom Come. We're talking about God's kingdom coming, and uh, we're talking about this, this idea of what God's kingdom is and what, what's it look like when it comes. And because Jesus gave so much focus to us, we should know what he wants us to know about his kingdom. Now, in his teaching... Jesus spent a great deal of time quoting the prophet Isaiah. And if you were to read uh, Isaiah, you would, you would see that Isaiah is talking about a coming Messiah. And as he writes about the coming servant or, or, or Messiah, that's the son of David that's coming, he, he, it's about 17 verses that he gives in his book to describe what it's like when he comes. In fact, most of those are found in Isaiah chapter 61. So if you got your Bibles, go to Isaiah chapter 61, and I'm going to read the chapter for us. It's 11 verses, and what you're going to see are some signs and some signals of what it looks like when the Son of God, the kingdom comes through the Son of God. Um, Isaiah chapter 61, beginning in verse 1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. 
Foreigners will be your servants. They will feed your flocks and plow your fields and tend your vineyards. You will be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. You will feed on the treasures of the nations and boast in their riches. Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully reward my people for their suffering and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be recognized and honored among the nations. Everyone will realize that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom. I'm like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. A sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world. Everyone will praise him. His righteousness will be like a garden in early spring with plants springing up everywhere. This is the word of the Lord. Isaiah 61, Isaiah gives us seven signs of the kingdom. We'll put that slide up here. We'll see these seven signals that I just talked joy and peace and justice and belonging, deliverance and presence and, and healing. These are the seven. Hey, th- if, can I take it from here? <laughs> I was kind of just getting I, started. Yeah, I know. I, kingdom of God is just like, I love to talk about it. It's kind of my thing. It's kind of. Really? If you're cool, I mean, Trina's here. You guys could sit together, and you, you could take your stool with you if you want. The, the farewell's not for two weeks. I, I know I'm not acting lead for two weeks, but if I could just take it from here, I think that would be great. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate that. Thanks. Uh, man, we are set up really well. Thank you, Steve. This is good. I'm, church, there's these seven signs that we see in Isaiah. Joy, joy is the first one. And I, I want to talk to you about joy. I apologize. I use notes when I preach, Steve. I'm not quite at your level, but uh, someday, someday, I'm going to be able to preach without notes. Joy is the, is the first thing that we see. We see it here in Isaiah. We see it throughout scripture. But joy, this kingdom society is one where the joy of the Lord is present. It's manifest. Church, there's a joy in this room, even as we are worshiping this morning. This joy as we remember our salvation, the king of kings that has taken us from darkness into his wonderful light. I love Psalm 51, and I love just just the reminder as the psalmist is crying out, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Remain in me. Keep me moving forward in church. That's our cry. That's our prayer. Last week, Steve did an incredible job delivering a message reminding us to reflect on that salvation that we have experienced. This God who has allured us out, who does not force himself upon us, but allows us to choose him in his goodness, in his love. Church, you have that story of his pursuit in your life. For me, that story started at a young age because I was born into a family with a generational blessing and I grew up hearing the story of the Messiah and the one who had come, the one who had rescued me from darkness. And I saw it lived out in my family. I saw it lived out in my community. I was so blessed in high school to have an experience with the Holy Spirit that I could not deny where I experienced his presence and his power in a tangible way, cementing my decision to be a follower of Christ all my days. Maybe you're here today and you haven't had 
that story. It's not there in your life, and you want to experience this joy. And and the kingdom of God, where we kind of need to start, is the joy of salvation. And if you haven't experienced that, if you're here today, maybe Father God is calling you today to experience that. Maybe there's something stirring in you, and later when we return to worship, I invite you to come to the cross. If you're joining us on live stream at home, if God is doing something and he's revealing to you that void in you that only his love can fill, can I encourage you to act on that? Can I encourage you to, to find someone, talk to someone in your house, church, but move forward in that? Church, we're called in John to remain in his love the Father's love, which is made known to us. May joy overflow as we remember that we have been called from darkness to light. His joy in our life is what keeps us going as well. You see, it stirs us to action. The joy isn't just some cosmic energy that allows us to be sustained until Jesus returns. No, it is something that calls us out. It motivates us to bring heaven to earth You see, when we experience that joy, something rises up and we want other people to experience it as well. We want others to experience the signs of the kingdom, a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. It allows us to experience peace, a peace that passes all understanding. And that's the second characteristic we see here in Isaiah, this peace the peace that passes all understanding. It's shalom. It's the handling of disagreement, of division, of conflict in a biblically honoring manner. Church, when we pursue peace, the kingdom of God comes. Church, it's our vision to see our city, a city at peace with God, to see things restored and redeemed in such a way that clearly God has shown up. In every aspect of society. It's why as a church, we continue to use this BLESS acronym as we pray peace over individuals and collectively over our city. You know it, many of you, the BLESS. The B stands for body. And so we pray for individuals, for health, and for wholeness. But we also pray it over our entire city. And what better time than when COVID is is here to pray collective health over a community. We pray for labor. The L stands for labor. We pray that you will find fulfillment, that you will find provision in your work. We pray for economic favor for our city. We pray for the E is emotional health. We pray emotional wholeness over our city. For the mental health issue that our city deals with, we pray for healing. We pray for those with anxiety and depression. We pray for emotional health. And then the S's. We pray for our social influence, for our social beings, and we pray for our spiritual life. We pray that people will experience a freshness in their faith, and we pray that they will find social connectedness, that people will just move away from loneliness and isolation and find belongingness. And it's that belongingness that's actually a a characteristic of the kingdom. It's one we don't talk about enough. You see, one of the signs of the kingdom of God is at hand is that people find belonging. They find a place that they can call home. Church, it's one of the the cores of Salem Alliance, to provide a place where you are known, to find a place where you find friendships, where you find meaningful relationships. You see, we're looking for this. The kingdom is collective. We grow together in community. And in our culture, in this day, isolation, loneliness are growing. It's affecting more and more people And yet the kingdom of God has an answer. The people of God, the church, is a kingdom that offers belonging. 
We love to read Acts 2 and the story of the, the early church and the people that were gathered together in homes, breaking bread, sharing everything that they had together. And it's what we're called to recreate wherever we are. When I got married, Jess, Jess and I decided that we were going to move to a new city where we knew no one. I'm not really sure why we thought that would be a good idea, but we left our friends and family in New York and we moved to Boston. We would kind of call it, a, oh, it's going to be our extended honeymoon. It was a tough year. You see, we're created to have community. We're created to belong in community. In those first few months, it was difficult to find community in a new city where we knew no one. But we continued to persevere. And where we actually found belongingness was in a small city church where trust was built, where friendships became comfortable, where we were invited to people's home for dinner, where we experienced life groups, community groups, and homes, where we prayed together, where we learned and discerned God's voice together, where we laughed where we had fun. We experienced the belongingness, and it was powerful, and it built our faith. In church, we're commanded to provide that for others. We're invited into that as we step. It's a sign of the kingdom. Another characteristic that we see throughout Isaiah is the characteristic of justice. You see, we see throughout Scripture, but especially in, in Psalm 97, that righteousness and justice are the foundations of the throne of God. They're the foundations, and therefore, when heaven touches earth, justice will go forth. I love what it says here in our passage in verse 8. It's so simplistic. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. Three or four weeks ago, I was here at the church, and I was working, and I got a call from my son, Titus. He was a bit frantic, and he said, Dad, I'm over here at Grant. I'm playing basketball with some friends, and we didn't, I didn't even realize that somebody snuck into the basketball court. They jumped on my bicycle, and they took off. My bike's gone. Stunk. It was a brand-new bike. We had just bought it for him for his birthday like two weeks earlier, and something just arose in me, anger, frustration. I need to get that bike back. I What? That feeling rose up. And I jumped in my Jeep, and I drove around the block, and I drove around the area looking to see if I could see somebody riding his bike. And I saw no one. And, and, and as I drove back to school to, to see my son, that feeling was right there. It was right there. And many of you know that feeling. Church, that's the feeling that God has when he sees people going hungry when the harvest is plentiful. That's the feeling that Father God has when he sees people being trafficked, when he sees unnecessary poverty, when he sees the poor being taken advantage of with payday loans. That's the feeling that Father God has when racism is rampant, when the refugee isn't welcomed and the sick don't have access to healing health care. Church, when the kingdom of God is at hand, these injustices diminish. They diminish because he calls us his church, his people, to see these places in our society where things aren't right and to take action. See, when we confront justice, the kingdom of God comes. 
It's why he calls his people the defenders of justice. And so the words of Isaiah 1 ring true for us. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Another characteristic of the kingdom that we see here is deliverance. You see, Jesus, when he, when he commissions the 12 and the 72, he commissions them and he says, go, declare that the kingdom of God is at hand, heal the sick, and deliver the oppressed. Salem Alliance Church, we, we, we declare that the kingdom of God is at hand. We do this well. We're doing it right now. We pray for the sick. We do it all the time. In fact, we'll do it later today. But it's that third one, the deliverance piece, the weird one. Church, we do that as well. You see, over the last few years, we've started healing prayer teams here at Sam Alliance, and over 100 people have gone through it and found freedom from addiction, from things that have happened to them, from abuses, from family sin patterns, from all sorts of things. And you add to that the life path groups that have existed here for many years and new groups start January 17th. Check it out. Go to the digital bulletin. To soul care groups that are getting ready to launch again this January as well. Can I encourage you to join one of those? But we're a church that believes where the kingdom of God is at hand, people are being delivered. People are experiencing freedom, Incredible freedom. Someone recently went through this process and they sent me their testimony that I want to share with you this morning. They wrote, growing up, even though I followed Jesus, secrecy and pride, lust and anxiety were woven into everyday patterns of life. I felt overwhelmed and gripped by shame. And recently, as Jesus gently led me into a journey of healing, prayer and deliverance, I felt uncertain about allowing the dark areas of my life to be exposed. What would happen? I had very little framework of understanding about deliverance and had absolutely no idea what types of evil spirits even exist. But I desperately wanted freedom. When I gathered with others in prayer, Holy Spirit showed up in a powerful way, almost beyond words. He led the way, and gently but clearly revealed areas of demonic oppression in my life. We claim the authority of Jesus in those places, and whoa, encountering his beautiful, cleansing presence was incredible. He restored very broken parts of my heart, mind, body, and soul. As I continue on this journey, I feel unburdened, full of freedom and light, and Jesus' power has broken the oppression I once thought I would always live with. He is so kind, and I deeply wish everyone would experience this type of true peace. Church, Jesus wants to bring freedom for those who are enslaved. Those who are trapped can be freed. When you are praying for people to be freed of addictive behaviors, of past hurts, you are praying a sign of the kingdom. You are cooperating with the momentum of heaven because church, give it two weeks. You'll be ready in two weeks. It's time. You're, you're going good. You're doing well. But you are wearing tennis shoes. So. 
two weeks, you'll be completely ready. <laughs> what Rob and I are trying to get across to you today is this concept of the kingdom of God is a concept that we need to be clear on. It is the society in which God's will is done, but we need to get tactile. We need a tangible understanding of what it looks like when the kingdom of God comes. So we start talking about joy and peace and justice and belonging and deliverance. When those things are taking place, then you know the kingdom of God is coming and is advancing. You know that the society in which Jesus is longing to take present here on earth, the king, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It is actually the heart of Jesus that the kingdom of heaven be realized here and now. And yet it will be fully realized when we're with him forever and ever. Amen? But we are his people, his family, who are to usher in his kingdom and so we pursue these things. And one of the key components of the kingdom of God is the presence of God. The presence of God. Now, we know that God is omnipresent. We know very well that he is everywhere, that he is, he is present. He is in this room. He, he is present. His omnipresence is here. Yet there is a heaven and earth difference between the omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God. You've heard me talk about this over the years. You see, if you're in the room and you're a millionaire, you're in the room, you are present. But if you drop a million-dollar check in the offering box after the service, you have just manifested your presence. It's a huge difference, isn't it? May it be so. It's a huge difference, right? This is the difference between the omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God. This is Solomon at the dedication of his temple where the priests can no longer do their work because the cloud of the presence is filling the temple. And friends, this is not just something that happens in the past. The presence of God ambushes us. Some of you know the name D.L. Moody. I teach a class at RTI on Holy Spirit Empowered Ministry. I share this story every year I teach this class. D.L. Moody was an evangelist, and he was leading people to Jesus. But there were people who were saying, Moody, you need the baptism of Holy Spirit. You need to pursue the presence of God. And he was annoyed by these folks who were coming and telling him that he needed to pray for a filling of the Spirit. But then his heart was one, and Moody began to pray for the filling of the Spirit. He began to be so hungry and thirsty for more of God's presence in his life. Listen to what Moody writes one day about his own life. He, he's in New York City. He's, he, he writes, and he says these words. He says, I began to cry as never before for a greater blessing from God. The hunger increased. I really felt that I did not want to live any longer. I had been a Christian, not only a Christian, but a minister and in charge of a mission for some time. I was getting conversions, but still wanted more. I kept on crying all the time that God would fill me with his spirit. Well, one day in the city of New York, oh, what a day. I cannot describe it. I seldom refer to it. It is almost too sacred an experience to name. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit fell upon me, and I staggered under the weight of glory and the wealth of love. I was so overwhelmed by the revelation of Christ within me that I cried out right there on the street, O oh Lord, stay thy hand, stay thy hand, or this vessel will break. That's 19th century language to say, God, you got to stop or you're going to kill me. The presence of God was so overwhelming for Moody that, 
The, the, the experience of the, the heart of the father and his love for him was so intense that he had to pray and ask Jesus to stop. Friends, that's the kingdom of God coming. And I'll never forget some 30 years ago how God's presence ambushed me. And some of you have your stories Yes, when we become Christ followers, and as Rob talked about the joy of, of our salvation, the Spirit of God indwells in us. Yes, we have his Spirit in us, but what Jesus wants is his Spirit not only in us, but on us, which is why he would not let his disciples go until they had their Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And this is a sign tangible sign of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Those phrases used interchangeably by Jesus, a sign of his presence coming. The last sign we see in Isaiah is healing. It's physical healing. It's emotional healing. It's relational healing. We see this in the scriptures, and we see this in Jesus' ministry, that this is something that indeed he still does. And as Rob mentioned, we're going to pray for healing a little bit later. And we are going to pray for the filling of his spirit as well a little bit later. We're at the front edge of a, of, of a new year, and we want his kingdom to come. We want the kingdom of Jesus to come, and we are participants in his kingdom. Okay, now, we're going to put all seven of these back up on the screen. Here they are. What is the kingdom? It's the society in which God's will is done. But what does it look like when, when it's coming, when the kingdom of God is coming? It looks like joy breaking out. It's like shalom and peace and justice and belonging and deliverance, people being set free and people filled with the spirit and healing taking place. And this becomes normative in the kingdom of heaven. This is what it looks like when the kingdom of God advances. And friends... Jesus is talking to his close friends in John chapter 14, verse 12, and he says this. I will put the words up here on the screen. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. You know, we read that, and we hear anyone who believes in me, and we think, well, yeah, collectively, we, we, this, this will take place, but I, this isn't really for me. I, this is for pastors. This is for people who are gifted in certain ways. And, um, but here's what you need to know. That word anyone is singular, meaning it's you. It's you, and it's you, and you, and you. You can usher in the kingdom of heaven. And by the way, this is why we believe it's an injustice that someone not have health care. And this is why we're doing Salem Free Clinics. This is why we, we provide free medical care, free mental health care, free dental care. That's why we do it. This is why we launched SFR, Salem for Refugees. As people are being displaced by war and persecution all around the world, this, and they're being resettled in our city, this is why we believe it's so important as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, that's our primary citizenship, that's why, that's why we believe as citizens of the kingdom of heaven that we are to do our very best to be compassionate and provide care for, for refugees. Every once in a while, someone will say to me, gosh, I... I, I really don't want those people around me. I really don't want those people here. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes I wonder, I can say this because I'm leaving in two weeks. <laughs> sometimes I wonder if Jesus were here and if he heard someone say that, I think he might say, get behind me, Satan, like he said to Peter. Again, I'm leaving in two weeks so I can say that kind of stuff. Because this is core to the ministry of Jesus. 
Imagine us being displaced by war and persecution and fleeing to another country, not knowing language, not having a place to dwell, and having someone receiving us. This is the kingdom of heaven. This is why we do what we do. It's not just something to talk about. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. Apostle Paul said that. And so, these are the very things that we would give ourselves to. Now, the team is going to come join me up here on the platform, worship team, because what we want to do at the front end of a year is just put ourselves in this focus. We're entering into a, a several months long series called Kingdom Come. What's the kingdom? It's the society in which God's will is done. What's it look like? It looks like joy. It looks like peace. It looks like justice. It looks like belonging. A relationship it looks like deliverance. Oh, the presence of God and healing. And friends, at the front of the year, we get to collectively and individually ask Jesus to fill us with his presence. The team's going to lead us in a song, and then I'm going to pop back up, and I want to pray a prayer of filling for you, for those of you who are saying, you know what, like Moody, uh, I want the Spirit, of, I know the Spirit of God is in me as a Christ follower, but I want the Spirit of God on me in this next year. I want to move in Spirit-filled power, and I'm going to pray that over us. So I want to pray for a fresh filling of the Spirit for you today. And um, I want you to know that scripture, Paul writes to the Ephesian church and says, be filled with the Spirit. Be continually filled with His Spirit. This is Jesus' desire for us. The Holy Spirit is actually the Spirit of Jesus. And He is the one who empowers us to live a life of holiness and to live a life of mission. It's both. It's a sanctifying power at work in us that delivers us from besetting sins as well as his actual presence that empowers us to do the very works of Jesus that we've been commissioned to do. For some of you in the room, this is the part of the service you go, ah, this kind of makes me nervous, freaks me out a little bit. It's okay. God is supernatural. So that, that actually should be a natural response for us. But if you would like just a fresh touch of the Spirit in your life in this new year, I'm going to invite you to stand. There's no shame in staying seated. And I just want to pray a blessing over you and just ask that Jesus would fill you with the Spirit. And if you feel comfortable, you can put your hands out. This is just your way of just receiving. Just like someone give you a gift, you want to receive the gift. Let's pray together. So Holy Spirit, would you come? Come now in this room. You're already here. Come now in the rooms that are filled with people who are listening online, watching online. Would you come and would your fire fall now? Holy Spirit, come and would you reveal the Father's heart for his children? Would there be encounters of love with you today? Holy Spirit, would you fill from the top of those who are standing their heads all the way down to the bottom of their feet with a gentle warmth of your presence now? Just come.
This is something you've invited us to do, to be filled, something you long for us. So come, Lord, and fill. Come in power. Would you give us the Spirit's power to overcome sinful patterns in our lives? Would you come, grant us the power to be able to proclaim you, to be instruments of peace and joy and justice, empower us for relationships, empower us to be delivered from the evil one. Presence come now for healing. We say your kingdom come, your will be done in Jesus' name. Spirit of God, continue to do your work of filling us. Pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, as we wrap up, I just want to just say a couple things over us. Um, there's a guy named uh, Dallas Willard who said about the church that we have confused our comings and our goings. We have believed that we, we invite Jesus in our heart and we get our ticket and then someday when this life is over, we'll go be with him. And, um, and we go to be, with, be in heaven when we die. Willard corrects that notion and says, actually, it's about getting to heaven before you die. He's talking about bringing the kingdom of God, ushering into our lives, into those that we have influence with. And I want to read uh, this uh, quote here as well. N.T. Wright says, Jesus' resurrection is the beginning of God's new project, not to snatch people away from heaven, from earth to heaven, but to colonize earth with the life of heaven. That, after all, is what the Lord's Prayer is all about. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Friends, perhaps you're here today and you would love prayer for anything we've been talking about. There'll be folks on this side of the platform who'd be grateful to do that. For some, you've never experienced the joy, the peace that comes, the deliverance that comes from entering into a life-giving relationship with Jesus. You'll notice by the cross, all the ribbons are off the cross. We do that every year. It's a reminder to us that God's put people in our lives that we can spiritually influence. We want to see that cross filled with white ribbons this year. Perhaps you're here today and you've never taken that step. Would you have a conversation with someone about beginning that new friendship with Jesus? And as you go, I want to bless you in this new year. I want to bless you by reading uh, from Mark chapter 1. Words will be on the screen here. Um, and um, this is just a... a I think it's the message translation of Mark chapter 1, where it writes, all the preliminaries have been taken care of, and the rule of God is now accessible to everyone. Review your plans for living and base your life on this new remarkable opportunity. So I bless you with the courage to review your plans for living. I bless you with the boldness to turn and to walk in the ways of the kingdom. I bless you with the overwhelming sense of the Lord's presence. Some of you tomorrow are gonna to wake up, you're gonna feel some lightness in your chest. It's just the wits. It's the spirit of God filling and some of you are gonna feel that for a couple of days. May the spirit of God courageously, may you courageously keep asking for his filling and enjoy his presence. And may you take advantage of this new remarkable opportunity of walking in the ways of the kingdom in this new year. Grace and peace to you. Have a great rest of your day and a great week.
Thanks for listening to the Salem Alliance podcast. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. Salem Alliance is a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. To experience other messages and discover more about who we are, please visit salemalliance.org or download the Salem Alliance app. And again, thanks for listening.